Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So you get your confidence up. You build your confidence. Don't leap in. Don't run before you can walk. Just start slow, get your confidence going, you know. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we're back speaking with Kate Hill, a professional buyer's agent seasoned investor and qualified property investment advisor with Advisable. In this episode, learn about the skills she's developed through her investments, her tips and tricks to educating yourself and conditioning your mindset and what the near future looks like for Hill. As she discusses in the last episode with us, Hill has developed new skills after her first investments didn't go to plan. I'll tell you skill number one, again, segueing from a previous conversation, is buy in better locations. <laughs> so where your properties actually grow in value um, and you can leverage of the equity in that. So which is basically what 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 then happened, you know. So um, I uh, before my... Uh, you know, from Kate perspective, cataclysmic event <laughs> in Gladstone. Um, I did I did buy another couple of properties. So I had five at that point um, and uh, one over to, in the Perth market, um, which has held remarkably well, actually. Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> and another one um, nearer to Brisbane in, um, in Queensland. And um, and they grew. Um, very, I bought them at, a, at a, a good time in the cycle. You know, I had a really nice upswing. I, I, I completely did my research differently. Um, I felt I was, uh, I'd moved back to Sydney by this point as well. So um, my work was more secure. My husband's work was more secure. I was less um, nervous about cash flow and thinking, right, um, I need to uh, compensate as well. Um, for what might have been happening in Gladstone, but I needed to make sure that um, the the growth, you know, learning that um, you can have the best cash flow in the world, but you need growth as well. Otherwise, why, you know, why do this? She's a fan of the buy and hold strategy, particularly for early investments. And that's how I wanted to, to begin. I didn't want to start with something too full of, you know, you're going to make hundreds of thousands in 10 minutes. Um, I, I don't have that kind of risk profile. I never have. Um, and it was definitely my strategy in the first and, and still is to an extent. I think everyone should have some bread and butter, <laughs> rather boring, <clears throat> perhaps even unsexy, uh, buy and hold properties in their portfolio just as a foundation i wouldn't i would never recommend leaping in there with something you know um high high risk 
allegedly high return. Um, you know, I, I, I rarely see that happen successfully with with first time investors and especially in this climate as well with the banks not lending anyone any money. Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, so I, I really wanted to set and create a foundation of solid buy and hold, long term buy and hold that, that would then be the step off point for doing other things. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, have yeah. the properties, as you mentioned, been scattered mm-hmm. all across Australia? You've got one yes. in Perth, I've got a few, uh, Perth, yes. Brisbane. Four in Queensland, four in Queensland, one in Victoria, one in Adelaide. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, and do you plan to buy anything sort of locally in Sydney where you're currently living at the moment as well? <laughs> well, isn't that, how long have you got? <laughs> $54,000 question, Tyrone. Um, yeah. Um, yes and no. So um, professionally, we are looking as as, as advisable buyers agency, um, <clears throat> and we're buying homes for people here. You know, yes, absolutely, because people will always always want somewhere to live. From an investment perspective, um, I'm sure everyone out there will be aware that the Sydney market boomed as it does. You know, every decade, once a decade ish. Um, boomed in the past uh, three or four years. It's coming off the boil, retracting slightly in some suburbs. Um, I don't think there's a great rush to, to 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 be in the Sydney market here. I think I think one has time to see how you know the next twelve months or so is playing out. But I, I do like to head, get ahead of the game with these things. So um, I or we I should say at Advisable are definitely preparing and gearing up for uh, purchasing investment properties for clients here in Sydney too. But uh, you, you obviously, uh, sorry, I don't know this is skating you obviously you really do have to pick your location. Um, it's going to depend on, and I'd, I'd say that about any, any area really, but um, just because of Sydney having boomed, you know, it's, it's the Brisbane market is different. It, the Adelaide market, all the, there's so many property markets out there. They all do different things for different reasons at different times. And there are certain suburbs in Sydney that will continue to have good solid growth, but can you afford to buy there? You know, we then consider what's going on out at the West, you know, with the new airport coming. And um, so consider the area, consider the yield, you know, while buying Sydney is in her sights, Hill is in no rush. Absolutely. Buying in Sydney, absolutely. Buying in Melbourne, definitely. You know, um, is there a rush to do that? Probably not. As a buyer's agent and investment advisor, Hill describes a typical client and what she attempts to do for them. It's like I said earlier on, I, I learned the lesson myself by doing it myself of really getting to the grips of what is the right thing for the client at any particular time. So I might have a, um, or Alex or, you know, any one of us might have clients who are, let's say, a a young couple with two or three kids in school, ballet, soccer, you know, both parents, let's say, to to be a complete horrible stereotype, one one parent is um, part-time, the other parent is self-employed, and there's not a lot of spare cash going on in that family. And let's say they only have 350,000 to spend. So um, it's considering what is the most appropriate investment for that family, for that situation, 
uh, and, 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 and risk profiling them also. So we want to make sure that they sleep at night. I don't want them lying awake at three in the morning like me when my rent dropped $280 a week. Um, losing sleep over, you know, uh, any any part of this process. It's not risk free, of course, ever. But they they need to sleep at night. We need to, I need to know what kind of tenant demographic they're comfortable with, um, what cash flow, of course, they are comfortable with, uh, age of property, all these kind of things. Um, and then we need to make the best and we match that with making the best investment decision area wise that we can. Um, and, you know, if they've only, if when I say only, 350 is a good amount, if they've got 350,000 to spend, then what's the best area that we can afford for them to buy the great, a great property in, you know, that meets the demand, the local demand, all these things have to align. However, not all clients are the same. So, she gives another example. I could also have a, or any of us could have a client where, you know, cash flows, cash flows just not an issue. They're high income earners. Um, they're able to borrow a larger amount of money. Um, they might already have properties in their portfolio. So, you know, we diversify. We look at other areas. Um, advi- at Advisable here, we're, we're licensed in four states at the moment. Um, you know, we're increasingly becoming more and more aware of WA as well. Um, I've, I've traveled over there, again, just to get ahead of the game um, with that market coming into recovery. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's not, I keep saying the same thing to everyone here really, but it's not a cookie cutter approach. Every client is different. They have a different risk profile. They have different, uh, levels of money to spend. You know, they have, again, we're coming back to dealing with human beings, people, <laughs> they have fears, they have fears, they have goals. Um, so we never pigeonhole anyone into, you know, this is, this is the only property to buy and this is the only location to buy in right now. That's absolutely not how we work. And because I'm not selling anything, it's not like I'm saying, these are the properties I have for sale, which one do you want? We find out who the client is, as I said, all that other stuff, how much can they spend? What's their risk profile? Okay, well, let's go and find what, you know, what you need. Make the best investment decision for you personally. Hill explains why she started and has continued to build her investment portfolio and why she has built her business. The why has, I would say, never changed. It's always to make sure that me and my little family here are okay in the next 10 to 15 years. Uh, My husband, on a personal level, my husband's a little bit older than I am, so I always have, I'm sure he won't mind me telling you that. And he, um, uh, you know, I have that in mind. So I, I, we need to be in a position at a certain time in, in his and our lives where he doesn't have to work. You know, it gives us options. So to create as much net income as a, a, a net wealth that gives a level of passive income where we can afford for him to have that option. So, and that continues to be our why. It's been my why from day one to create a level of income that means we don't have to worry. That's the biggest why to me that there is from an investment point of view. Building the business is to um, continue to do, again, I know this sounds really corny, but to continue to do what I love doing. 
I I think what we do for ourselves in terms of property investing, you know, as as property investors out there is very, very powerful. The fact that we are able to take control of that um, and and provide for our own futures. There are so many millions of people out there who who aren't in a position to do that. And I, I feel very fortunate. It's very, very satisfying. It's, I find what we do at Advisable very rewarding that we help people on that journey. I know it sounds corny, but I do genuinely mean it. We get a, I get a, a huge satisfaction from helping people on this journey. Um, and it helps me sleep at night. <laughs> Never mind anyone else. Helps me sleep at night um, knowing that we're doing the right thing for people, that we're helping them you know, create this wealth over time that will put them in a really strong position and they don't have to worry for them, for their children, etc. That's why I build this business. Fantastic. Excellent. That's really good to hear. I guess coming back to, to your initial journey when you purchased your first property, which we didn't really delve into much too much detail but wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more. Was there anything initially holding you back from buying that first one? Besides two years of of of, <laughs> of procrastination study, absolutely love. Um, and I, again, I'll say it would probably be the same thing that's holding eighty five percent of people back out there listening. And fear, it's just fear. It's fear of losing everything. It's fear of losing. It's fear of making a mistake. Um, it's 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 the big you know um, fear of of financial uh, loss of um that's it's the it's the only the only way i can sort of honestly put it you know that that it was all what was going to help help hold me back um i also find that you know in my history of dealing with uh people uh who invest there is often one driving force in a couple you know one one's keen one the other one is probably keen too but perhaps less involved so you know if you're if you're the driving force behind uh, the the investments that you're making and the strategy, um, there can be, you know, that added little bit of pressure of, oh, God, what if I get it wrong? What if I get it wrong? It's the fear of financial loss. That's what holds people back. Going on from that, Hill explains how she would support a couple, like she mentioned, with one partner less keen than another. I never push anyone into anything ever, obviously. So, and as I say, there's often people, uh, people will know, as I did, People know that they kind of need to do something. You know, there's this thing in the back of your mind that says, oh, God, I should do something. I know I need to be doing more. I've got all this equity or I've got cash or, you know, uh, I know I need to do something. Um, but I'm fearful or my partner's not. Uh, she's even more fearful or he's even more fearful. You know, so it's um, it's really just sitting down with them, talking through what we do showing them past examples of what we have done. I, you know, reassuring them that I'm not, you know, they they are the decision makers. All I do really is facilitate and advise, right? So I will, uh, or we will, uh, you know, the three of them, we, we, we all do the same thing. It's, it's reassuring people that while it's never risk-free, we do everything we can to mitigate the risk of things happening. And that starts right from the start with the risk profiling um, our area choice, making sure that they are never beyond their comfort zones. But we do still need to make a really good investment decision, right? So it's a, bal- it's a balancing act because, again, I don't want them doing what I did 
Um, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that for anyone else ever, obviously. But, you know, buying somewhere um, and having a great yield, but it's never going to go any, it might never go anywhere. You know, there has to be growth there. Another approach is encouraging clients to be realistic about their fears. Just sitting down and explaining to people what the what the actual risk is, that's another thing. So people have this, um, you know, this fear in their minds, as I did myself, of, oh, God, I'm going to lose everything. The chances of that actually happening are, gosh, so remote. Um, but that comes down to having the right loan structure as well. You know, looking at looking at how you're spending your cash or your equity, and uh, explaining what the level of risk is you're actually taking. And you know, the, and and then running through the well, look, what would actually have to happen for you to lose everything, which is your fear? What actually has to happen? You know, something cataclysmic would need to happen to the eastern seaboard of Australia for that to actually happen, and how likely. Right. So it's it's running through the actual, well, let's think this through, your fear. You know, I never dismiss anyone's fears. They're genuine. And I need people to be happy. I need to have happy clients. And then we have a happy Kate. <laughs> but um, you know, but but they're, they're, they've come to they've engaged with me for a reason. You know, they want to do something. So but I can, you know, you sense the fear. So it's talking them through what an actual risk is, what it is that we do, how we mitigate against those risks and then helping them through the process start to finish. Coming up after the break, we'll learn Kate Hill's tips to educating yourself. Really any investment book that you can get your hands on, have a read of it. I don't think you can ever really read enough of these. Some of the best investment advice. You know, there's the, you're going to, when you invest in property, it's going to cost you money, right? Followed by the next steps in investment and career journeys. I'd say the potential and the possibilities to be able to do more developments. All this and much more after the break. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. While Hill recommends education and reading, she warns people to be aware of where they get their information from. I genuinely, it would be hard push to pick like a single, um, a single publication. But um, I, I, I recommend reading. When I say as much as you can, be discerning with your reading. Um, and by that, I mean you know, but any investment, really, any investment book that you can get your hands on, have a read of it. I don't think you can ever really read enough of these. There are, uh, be mindful though, as you're doing that, what that particular uh, author's uh, or that publication's agenda is, is uh, what I will also say. You know, remember, especially at the moment, and it's a a big pet peeve of mine, (laughs) um, you know, in the press, we're reading a lot about, uh, you know, one minute it's the property bubble, then the next minute it's the property crash. Um, You know, we get some economist from the US who's selling his latest book over here, who's predicting a 50% price drop, um, you know, and it puts the fear of God into people. Um, You know, just always be mindful what that person's agenda is, what their qualifications are. Um, and I find that really the level of reporting, if I can call it that, in the press, mostly about real estate, is 
uh, nonsense, quite frankly. I know it sounds very arrogant, but it is. They've the you know the, these publications rarely consult with actual real estate professionals who are out there. Um, they simply regurgitate somebody's press release that has no basis on fact. Um, and um, and again, because it's all about clickbait, it's you know because the newspapers aren't paying for actual or we're not paying to read content anymore. So these publications don't have the money to pay you know proper journalists to go and research and write good good content. Um, it's all about, you know, advertising and and getting clicks, you know, click through rates. So and the only way to do that is to report on the property crash, you know, that's looming. So that's what's going to get 50,000 people clicking on it in the next five minutes, which means they sell more advertising. And people out there, I don't think, realize that the bulk of what they read about real estate is nonsense. Sorry. Again, I know that sounds really arrogant, but no, it's just no, it's, 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 the, so, it's the truth mm-hmm. and the facts behind it and, it and the whole idea behind people. Or the yeah. media tapping into your fears is because they want to be able to get you to click on it to read the article so they can put more advertising behind it. And it's it happens all the time, unfortunately. So reading, so just yeah, be mindful of that is what I would say. Read as much as you can. Um, you know, but be have take it all with a pinch of salt, certainly in the in the press about what um you know where that's coming from and and who's writing it and what are their qualifications and have they actually talked to a real estate expert. He'll share some of the best advice she's received on her property journey. Not to sweat the small stuff too much, right? Um, Not to freak out about paying $150 for a mortgage registration document. You know, you're going to, when you invest in property, it's going to cost you money, right? (laughs) Just accept that fact. It's going to cost you money. And I guess aligned with that, is and this might sound a little bit self-serving and I actually don't mean it this way but don't be afraid in fact I encourage you <laughs> pay for good advice you know there is no such thing as a freebie out there if it's free you'll be paying for it somehow right somehow they if you, at least if you pay for the actual advice on a fee for service basis there is a there is a, a high chance that that person advising you does actually care about you and your circumstances. If the advice is free, it's not advice, it's sales, and they will be making their money elsewhere. So pay for good advice, pay for good qualified advice. Check how people's, uh, what those qualifications are. Who is selling you what and why? How are they getting paid? That's, you know, and at the same time, don't sweat the small stuff about paying for example, for a good solicitor or a good conveyancer. If you've got a complicated transaction going through and that solicitor is going to cost you $2,000, but they're going to get the deal through and it's going to, you know, not, not make your blood pressure go through the roof, please pay for good advice and don't skimp on it and go to some online e-conveyancing service for $150 where you're going to end up doing all the work and it can scupper the deal. Don't sweat the small stuff. She shares some of her personal habits that she believes most contribute to her success. I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Reading, um, really just staying on top of what's going on out there. Um, again, lesson, what was that lesson number two that I learned when I got my phone call from Gladstone? Um, you know, stay on top of what is going on, not just with your own investment properties, but just generally in the market. Tune in to great podcasts, Tyrone. Uh, tune in to, you know, <laughs> you know um, again, but run by quality, you know, people who, who, who are experts who are out there doing it. So reading, 
um, staying on top of what's happening with my own properties and investments, but also generally. Um, make time each week to stay on top of your your admin. You know, it sort of sounds um, sounds a bit, <laughs> uh, I don't know, trite, I guess. But stay on top of you know the the statements that you get from 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 your property managers. Know what's going on with your properties. Um, maintain them so that your tenants want to stay. Don't skimp on maintenance items. It will bite you in the bum when you want to sell it <laughs> because. <laughs> You're going to have me at the other end of that transaction going, why should I pay X amount for this property when the landlord hasn't bothered to, you know, keep things in good repair? So, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Turn into advice session there. No, uh, no, that's okay. It's good. It's just things I would recommend. People forget that, um, you know, they don't want to spend money on the property. It's going to cost you money to maintain it. Um, it's the tenants. You know, if you maintain it well, the tenants are more likely to look after it well. They'll want to stay um, you know, and it will be in a better condition when you want to eventually sell it. So people forget that and charge market value rent. That'd be the other thing. Sorry, if I've got two seconds to throw that one in. <laughs> Hill is also a big fan of swimming, something she believes also conditions her mindset. I love doing a, a good ocean swim around Coogee Wedding Cake Island, about three kilometers. Um, so uh, the training for that, it's uh, I find plowing up and down, <laughs> up and down the lanes at the local pool. It's I find it quite meditative, you know. So uh, there's a lot you can sort out in your mind while you're doing 50 laps up and down. Um, and uh, it's I guess it's just it's sense of senses of achievement, you know, when you're out there, when you, you you're coming from London, uh, where there's you know you need to get in a car and drive for two hours to get to a. a a C, I won't call it the ocean, and then you've got to consider whether you'd actually ever get in because it's a shipping channel and it's breathing. <laughs> so having the opportunity to be able to do these swims out here in uh, challenging conditions sometimes, it's I, I just get a great sense of achievement from it, and I love being out there. Um, it's it's just a wonderful opportunity. But you know, coming back to the the, the training, it's um it's it's kind of it's. I guess you could um, equate it a little bit to property investing in terms of it, uh, you know, you've got to push through. You've just got to keep going. You know, it's going to get hard at certain points when a big wave comes at you. Uh, you just have to navigate it the best way you can. And then you get over it and you carry on, you know. Um, now that I think of it, it's just popped into my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, if swimming in the ocean mm. is not like swimming in a pool. You've got so no, many it different... No, it's not. And, and no, it's not. How do you mm. mentally train that? Because yeah. anything could be happening around there. And, well, and... again, love. No, again, it's... Um, it's again everything comes back to real estate with me. It's it's uh it's having it's experiencing you know starting small. So don't start with a Coogee Wedding Cake Island swim in November when when it's cold and and quite rough. You know start with a little one kilometer more more sheltered swim so you get your confidence up. You build your confidence. Don't leap in. Don't run before you can walk. Just start slow get your confidence going, you know, otherwise I think you put it off because, you know, you have this fear of, oh God, I've got to do this three kilometre swim around Wedding Cake Island at Coogee. Um, you're never going to do it, you know, but if you go, okay, well, I'm just going to do this little 1K swim, which to some people is still a challenge. And I don't mean to, you know, uh, diminish that achievement in itself. Um, but that's a much more manageable thing to do. So, 
you know, it, and again, I, I'd say, and you don't leap in with a, you know, a multiple dwelling property development, you know, as the first thing that you ever do. I just wouldn't recommend it. It's a big thing. You're taking a big risk there and you don't have the experience to deal with the challenges that are going to get thrown at you, like being out in the ocean. You need the skills, you need to develop experience and skills to deal with the different conditions of what you're doing. So, um, and until you've actually been out there and done it, you really don't know what they, you know, you can read for the next three years about, you know, what it's like to swim around Wedding Cake Island at Coogee. But until you actually do it, you really don't know how you're going to manage the challenges uh, whether you do manage the challenge, you might be the one that puts your hand up and gets towed in by the water safety people because it's all too much. You know, if you're knee deep in a property development, how, what are you going to do? You know, it's it's harder to bail out. So without, you know, considerable financial loss. So I'd start small and build build on a solid foundation rather than you know, try and run before you can walk. If Kate Hill met herself 10 years ago, she'd have this to say. Start 10 years ago. (laughs) 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 If I met my, yeah, so 10 years ago, I'd start, I'd I'd go back another 10 years and go, start now, do it now, do it now. So if you met yourself yourself 20 years ago. 20 years ago, start now, Kate, start now. I know you've got no money, but start now. In the next few years, Hill is most excited to expand her portfolio with development. I'd say the potential and the possibilities to be able to do more developments. So I, um, just as another shout out to Alex, you know, I'd, I'd hand him <laughs> all my money and say, here, go and double my profits, please. Um, do To do some small scale developments to turbocharge the building of equity that um, that I'm aiming for. Yeah, so uh, stepping sort of beyond, further beyond the long-term buy and hold strategy, and you know, going into something that I my risk profile has and has been for a while now. It's just you know, when you start a, a new a business, which was a, of course a few years ago now, but when you start a business, the banks go, "Whoa, I'm not going to lend you any money for a little while." So you know, while I'm on hold, um, considering what the next what the next steps are, and that was definitely to do to to do some developments to to. Uh, makes makes some makes some really more exciting money. With her early investment troubles, Hill doesn't feel like she had too much luck. Looking at my actual experience and the way that my decision making improved <laughs> from the early days, um, it would I'd say I've relied very little on luck. I've, I've had very little luck, um, but I I do know people who have been lucky, if that makes sense. So. There, there will have been people out there. So personally, I'd say I've relied. I, I, I rely. I don't rely on luck, and certainly not anymore. Um, I, I, I wasn't aware that I ever relied on luck, and I don't think uh, success that I've had has been because of luck. It's been because I've learned from my mistakes. So it would be more because of skills, experience, you know. And don't ever do that again, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> do that differently next time but I do know people who have been lucky who have bought you know in Sydney uh in 2012 just you know out of just because they were that's when they chose to do it just and they readily admit they had no idea what was going on in the Sydney market that is just when they happened to buy and their property doubled in value in the next three years so those people have been lucky and 
bloody great. Good luck to them. You know, I, why not? You know, some people need to be lucky. That's that's fantastic. So, and I do know that that happens, but the reverse happens too. Yes. You know, mm, never that. ever rely on luck. Do your research. All right. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. We'll 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 end by letting the audience know what's the best way they can connect with you. Yep. So my phone number is zero four zero four. Double one seven four double seven. Email is Kate at advisable with an E in the middle. So Kate at advisable.com.au. And there's also our website, advisable.com.au, uh, where you can send your inquiries through. Thank you again to Kate Hill for joining us on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinveststory.com.